we have uh, prayed three prayers this morning in our worship. We said, God, awaken us. We said, God, fill us. We said, God, form us. Make us what you want us to be. And if any of those three prayers are really burning in your heart, can you join me by just raising your hands, saying, yes, Lord, this burn in my heart this morning. Lord, I pray that you would see your church this morning, our desire for you, our hunger for you, our thirst after you. Lord, your word said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. It is a promise, Lord, that you stand over to perform, Lord. Lord, I pray that whatever prayer our hearts are praying this morning, whatever one it is that we can relate to, maybe, Lord, you are awakening some of us again to the full power of who you are and what it is to be in your kingdom, Jesus. Maybe this morning, Lord, we are just saying, Spirit of God, come and fill this place, this body, this this life that you've given me. Fill it up to overflowing. Lord, and may all of us pray this morning that you would make us what you want us to be, Lord. We are the dust and you are the maker. We are the clay and you are the potter. You are the one who has breathed your breath into our lungs. So we say, Jesus, Lord over our lives, come and shape us into what you want us to be so that we can be vessels of honor who carry the new wine of your kingdom in fullness, Jesus. I pray this morning for our children, Lord, as they go to class. May they be awakened in what you have for them, Father. May they be filled with your spirit. And may you form in them what you want to form this morning. We pray that by faith in the name above all names, the name of Jesus. Kids, you can go off to class. Have an amazing time together. Uh, Adults, you can stay right here. And you guys can take your seats. And uh, take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts chapter 2 so long. Because that's where we're going to be together this morning. Um, Thank you to the worship team for leading us so beautifully. Awesome. Oh, it's so, so good to be opening up the Bible this morning. This is my favorite moment in the week, to be able to sit with the Word of God open and to see what God wants to do. This morning in pre-service prayer, we were just so reminded of the beauty of the Spirit and the Word working together. The Word is what God has given us to show us how to live and what a Christian walk is all about. But the Spirit of God comes and He brings it to life and He helps us apply it in our own walk. And for the past two weeks, we have been talking about what it is to live full and filled to be living a life in the Spirit of God. Week one, we spoke about together unity, how they were together at the beginning at Pentecost when the Spirit was given, and how we as a church have to protect our together unity because in that together unity, we will see a powerful outwork of God in our midst. This morning in pre-service prayer, we felt compelled to pray just for divine health over our people because there's a whole lot of people that were actually meant to share testimonies this morning that sick and in bed, and I'm like, I know it's the change of season, I know it's a hard time, but it's stealing away from the togetherness, from the together unity. So we just took faith this morning, says, Lord, let our people be healthy, give them strong immune systems, help them to be disciplined with good diets and enough sleep, so that we can be together in a moment like this. Together unity is so important. Secondly, last week, we spoke about tongues of fire, and what it means, and why tongues of fire, and how we can apply that to our own lives this morning. So today in our third journey, and today is going to be a shorter journey through the Word, but then we're going to be doing a few other things and be ready to be prayed for this morning um, if you so desire. But this morning my, my Word is simply called Continuous Prayer and Conscious Power. Continuous Prayer and Conscious Power. As we are in Acts chapter 2, this divine moment where human history changes forever and the Spirit of God is sent to dwell in man. Wow, that's big. Just think about that again. The Spirit of God was sent to dwell inside of man. It changed the entire course of history. But we've got to see the continuous prayer around this moment. And in a moment, we're going to go through the whole book of Acts 
briefly, don't worry, we're not going to do all of it. I want to encourage you to go read Acts. But that prayer was continuous in this environment, but not just prayer, there was conscious power. There was power involved. Jesus said, you will receive power. And where power gets into the play, it doesn't mean that things stay the same. Something has to change because the power of God is now in his midst. So two thoughts that I want to quickly look at scripturally, and then we can trust the Spirit to do what he does to confirm the Word of God in our midst this morning. These two things, continuous prayer and conscious power, I believe, surrounds the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We all desire to see revival, but every single revival that's broken out through human history has been birthed in continuous prayer. Every single one of them. You can go and study the history books. Unless the church are living in continuous prayer, and by that I mean not 24-7, the only thing you do is pray, but that you prioritize prayer, prioritize praying together, prioritize prayer in your own walk with Jesus, we cannot expect to see the conscious power that is promised for us. So let's talk a little bit about continuous prayer, my first encouragement this morning. And the way we're going to talk about this is we're going to be quickly reminded how prayer was part of this journey through Acts. And every time that the Holy Spirit fell upon people, or people were baptized with the Spirit, or they were filled with the Spirit, and I use the word baptized because that's the word that Jesus used, you will be baptized, immersed in the Spirit. That's what Jesus said. Every time this happened, there was prayer surrounding it. So quickly, we'll see in Acts chapter 1, that all those who were the disciples together, the 120, were with one accord devoting themselves to prayer. This was the way of life. There was continuous prayer. And then when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. So these people prayed. And because they prayed, the conscious power came. And this morning we're going to be praying like we already prayed in worship. But we're going to be praying more because when the people of God pray together, the conscious power will come, and we see here that the Spirit of God arrived in an environment of prayer. If you want to see more of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, start praying, and don't stop, and I can promise you, you will see it. We've got so many testimonies to share this morning. We can only listen to a few, but this week, I have had the joy to hear how people are saying how being in a moment of prayer have done something for them this week, and they have felt the power of God in their midst. So that's Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2, the first time the Holy Spirit was given. But then in Acts chapter 4, there was a refilling. Because Peter and John were in front of the council. All they did is they prayed for a lame beggar at the gate. And they upset the prayer meeting because the religious people just wanted to pray. But like, no, 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 we've got the power of God. We're going to lay hands on this sick man. And after 40 years, he starts Walking, he walks into the prayer meeting, he upsets the prayer meeting, and all the religious people are upset that Peter and John would heal a lame man. I'm like, that is upsetting to me, but interesting how the human condition is. And they were then, they were then challenged and, and kind of taken captive by the council, and then they were released. And then what happened when they were released? They went back to prayer. And what happened in the environment of prayer? Well, let's read together. So they're now together with the disciples again in Acts chapter 4. And when they heard it, they lift their voices together to God and said, Yeah, they're praying. Sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. They were praying Psalm 2. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. This is all still people praying, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, 
Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. I love that. When they prayed, there was conscious power in their midst. The same group that received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, two chapters later, receives the power of the Holy Spirit once again. Isn't that amazing? That promise is ever-giving. It is ever-inviting for us to live in a place where when we pray, we can ask, and the Spirit's power can once again fall upon us, baptize us, fill us, so that we can live full and filled. I want to take a moment to help us understand how they prayed. Sometimes you don't know how to pray. And what I love about this prayer, it actually gives us a little bit of a, of a, a path to walk in when we pray. So it was together prayer, it was worshipful, it was scriptural, it was submitted, and it was missional. The best way to pray are with other people. Can I say that again? If you want to experience power in your prayer, get together and pray together. And if you say, ah, I don't have anyone to get together with, well, make a plan. And if you live in a home with other people, there you start. Get together and pray together. The Spirit of God is waiting for His church to get together to pray. And when we get together to pray, we can expect power because in these moments they were together in unity and they prayed. So prayer starts in that place of being together. But then this is super important. They were worshipful in their prayer. They made it about God. They said, Sovereign Lord, the one who created all the beauty that we see. Let's start by saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I'm not going to start by saying, God, I need some stuff. I'm going to start by saying, God, you are beautiful. I'm going to worship you. So when you get together to pray, start with worship. That's why we, by the way, sing every Sunday morning because we are together to pray and we start with worship. What do we do after that? We pray scriptural prayers. Ooh, so important. They didn't just pray whatever they felt. They said, ooh, you know what? There's something we can pray here. Psalm 2. David wrote this. Let's pray Psalm 2 because what's happening around us has got a scriptural answer to it. So we're going to pray according to the Bible and that's what they did. And we've got the full story here, guys. So when you get together for prayer and you start in worship, sit with your Bibles open and say, Lord, what are we praying today? Show me the scripture. Show me the passage. And pray for one another according to scripture. This week on Thursday night, we had the worship team in our home for a moment of being together. And it ended up in us with Bibles open praying for one another. And God moved powerfully. He moved powerfully in the, in the midst of our musicians on Thursday night. Together prayer, worshipful prayer, scriptural prayer, submitted prayer. Lord, you are in control. Now you look at the threats and help us to live in boldness. Isn't that powerful? They submitted themselves to the sovereignty and the lordship of God in their lives. And sometimes we get stuck by looking at the threats. <laughs> Anyone want to relate to that? Who ever said that, that that is our job? To look at the threats and freak out about the, fre the, the threats and be worried about that. If we can live in that submission and take our moments where we feel threatened and say, we are together, we're worshiping the one who made everything that we dwell within. He is so strong and powerful and we know what his word says. So we're going to pray according to the word. Then we can say, Lord, but we are submitted to your lordship. So you take care of the things that we cannot in our own strength. And then the last thing is, Give us the boldness to proclaim your word, missional prayer. Part of our challenge today is that church has lost her mission. We love coming together and we want it for ourselves, but we are neglecting to go out there and proclaim the word of God with boldness. And that boldness doesn't come from ourselves because what happened in that moment, like two chapters before, the room they were in were filled with power. The ground started shaking and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit is ready to fill some of us. He's just wanting you to say, Lord, I will be missional with your message. There are good works that you have created for me beforehand and you've prepared them for me and I'm about to go walk in them. So Spirit of God, give me boldness to proclaim your word. 
We're going to be praying for boldness to proclaim the word of God this morning because some of you need that boldness. You know that you need to speak up into some desperate situations. You know that you've got to witness about Jesus to some unbelieving people. You know the truth of the word, but you are scared to open up your mouth and say, this is what God says for whatever reason. I'm going to pray for boldness to rise up again in the church. Does anyone agree with that? Does anyone feel excited about that? Together, worshipful, scriptural, submitted, and missional prayer. That is the environment, I believe, where we can live in continual prayer that sets up for the power of God. And then through the book of Acts, we see prayer and the outpouring or the work of the Holy Spirit walking together the whole time. Acts chapter 8, the apostles prayed for the Samaritan disciples. They go down there, and I'm actually quickly going to read that in verse 14 to 17. Now, the apostles at Jerusalem, they heard that Samaria had received the word of God. They received the gospel. And then they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them. There we go. What did they do? They prayed for them. What did they pray for? That they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Believers who believe in Jesus being baptized in his name still have to be receiving that power of the Spirit. And here they went down and prayed for them. They did that. They said, ah, let's go and pray for the Spirit of God to fall like he's fallen here. But it was preceded by prayer. We go to Acts chapter 9. Paul was blinded. And he receives a call from God. But there's another disciple, not an apostle, a normal guy, Ananias, who then God calls in a vision and says, go and meet Paul. And what are you going to do when you meet him? You're going to lay hands on him and do what? You're going to pray. Again, there's prayer. And when he prayed for him, there was power, conscious power. The things on, on Paul's eyes fell off onto the ground like scales of his eyes. And then what happened? He was filled with the Spirit. The scripture says, you can go read in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 10, Peter was praying. What happens when we pray, we see? Power. Can I try that again? What happens when we pray, we see? Don't you guys love it when I do that? Some of you are deeply frustrated. Like, just, you just speak. That's enough that you speak. <laughs> Paul prayed, and there was power. He saw a vision. And in that vision, the essence of it, I'm not going to go down that for the sake of time, is that the Spirit of God and the calling of God is to all people, not just to the Jews. And then God calls him to go to a place where he meets Cornelius. And Cornelius was a non-Jewish man who's met Jesus. And what was he doing? The Bible said he was in prayer. And while he was in prayer, the Lord links up the two. And what happens? He receives the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 19. There's some the believers in amongst the Ephesian community in Ephesus, there are believers, they believe in the word, they're followers of Jesus, but they have not received the Holy Spirit yet. So what do they do? Paul and the guys go down and they pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Prayer precedes the work of the Holy Spirit. And then, because of the work of the Holy Spirit, prayer continues. And I want to invite us as a community into a space of continual prayer. You know what? Paul actually writes about this. He says, I think I pray more than any of you. I pray all the time. I pray constantly. We are encouraged through his letters to pray without ceasing. He says, and I pray in the spirit. I pray with tongues. And I pray the whole time. And I encourage you to do so because when you pray in the spirit for those who have received the gift of tongues, then you pray things that you do not understand but God understands so let's keep praying. Constant prayer creates an environment for the next thing, which is conscious power. Not just a skit gebeke and then, yeah, Jesus, help me vandaag om kracht en dank Jesus, amen. <laughs> I want to pray bold prayers that says, God, that power that I see throughout this story where people pray and your spirit moves, I desire that. And I believe for our church and our community, that's what God has. But for some of us, we are holding back Today we're going to be praying, but this is the key. It's conscious power. It's not subconscious. Sometimes we limit because we think prayer and stop, that's sufficient. 
But every single time where the Holy Spirit fell upon people or they received the Spirit, there was conscious power. They could write down and record for our sake a very specific thing that shows that power was involved, supernatural, other power. It was conscious. It was real. Let's quickly go through the story. In Acts chapter 2, there was wind, fire, and tongues. That's pretty powerful, right? People were conscious about it. They were aware of it. It wasn't subconscious and maybe back there somewhere. Acts chapter 4, there was the shaking of the room. Oh, Jesus, can you shake the chapel this morning, please? I've been praying for that this week. Maybe he, he will. I don't know. Maybe he wants to. There was the witness of power in Samaria. When they prayed for the believers to receive the Holy Spirit, there was a magician who said, that is so powerful. Can I pay you money to get that? They said, no, this is not for sale. It's free. Acts chapter 9. There was the healing of Paul's eyes. Stuff fell off his eyes. That's pretty powerful. Acts chapter 10. The Gentile speaks in tongues. Again, there was conscious power. It was so conscious that it was written down. But today we can read the story. In Acts chapter 19, the Ephesians speak in tongues and they prophesy. The Bible says you can go and read these things to confirm what I'm saying is true. But throughout the story, conscious power marks the work of the Holy Spirit. And maybe, maybe we have just neglected it or disbelieved it or said, no, we actually don't need to see the, the conscious power of God in our lives. But I want to go back to what Jesus said. You will receive Dunamis power when the Spirit of God comes to you. That means explosion, guys. Anyone ever heard dynamite go? Anyone in this room? Is there anyone? Byron, what does it sound like? <laughs> With a voice like that, pretty powerful. He doesn't even need a mic. That's what Jesus said. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there will be an expression of power. It'll be powerful. And then, as I said last week, the story unfolds. Guys, there's so many gifts. There's healing. There's faith. There's miracles. There's wisdom. There's knowledge. There's prophecy. There's tongues. There's discernment. There's interpretation of tongues. Somehow, the power of God has to explode. And consciously, we are aware of it. We see it happen. This week, I had the joy to prophesy over someone. I went to him, and I had to give him a word. I'm like, Jesus, I don't have a clue what to say. Honestly. And then I grabbed my Bible, I'm like, uh, which psalm will it be? Let's find a psalm. <laughs> you know how we go. And then like, ah, uh, and then I felt the Spirit say, put it down. Oh, sorry, Donnie, forgive me. I'll pay for that. <laughs> I, I felt that the, the Spirit say, put down your own efforts, trust me. And I felt the Spirit say, prophesy. So I said, I'm going to prophesy over you. Now, I've prophesied before. And the Bible makes clear what prophecy is. It is for encouragement and exhortation for the body. So let's trust God for encouragement and exhortation. I prophesy over him the most bizarre things. I'm like, ah, I'm making this up. <laughs> he just stands there quietly. He had a little wow moment. And then afterwards he turned to me and said, I haven't told anyone. But every single thing you said, God has been speaking to me in my heart. Only my wife knows. I can't wait to get home and tell her. But to the T, and I've been wondering, are you crazy that you could even dream such dreams or think such things? See, that's explosive. That's conscious power. We were both standing there, me just as, just as amazed as him, that the power of God is so beautiful in our midst. John Piper said this about the work of the Holy Spirit. He says, in Acts, the Holy Spirit is not a silent influence, but an experienced power. Believers experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They didn't, didn't just believe it happened because an apostle said so. I sometimes fear that we have so removed any necessity of the experience of God's Spirit that many people only have Christian ideas in their head, not spiritual power in their hearts. Now, for those of you who are into these things, that's a Reformed pastor saying that. He's saying... Maybe we've so diminished it to, I'll pray for you, and you don't have to experience anything. You don't have to feel that power. You don't have to feel the dunamis explosion. I'll just pray for you and just know that it's there. 
But the pattern shows us where the Spirit is given, there's conscious power. I want to share some testimonies this morning. I want to share one more testimony from this week. I actually asked Sam to share it this morning, but they um, are not uh, here for the weekend. But last week he was in the service and he stood up at the end when I said, um, if you desire spiritual gifts, I want to pray for you. And he said, God, I do. I do desire spiritual gifts. And he shared us the story on Thursday night that this week they were going to work on Wednesday morning, I think it is, and they drive together in a, a kind of shuttle bus together, a group of them, and they've been doing that for an entire year. He works in Cape Town. He drives from somewhere to Cape Town, and you guys know how manic the traffic is. But off they go. But this specific morning, as he got into the car and they started driving, he felt the Spirit prompt him. And he felt that he needs to pray out loud and declare God's protection over the bus. He said it wasn't even 10 minutes and a taxi swerved in front of them, crossing lanes, and it was centimeters away from hitting them. But by God's grace, the driver could get out of the scenario. He says, Pierre, here's the funny thing. In the entire year, that's never happened. An entire year of driving back and forth. I've never, we've never had a problem like that. But on the day that it would happen, the Spirit gives me the gift of knowledge he gives me a specific word, and I pray into it, and here I am to say, you know what, the Spirit is alive, and that gift was celebrated this week. And give, we give God a cheer of praise for that this week. I want Eugene to quickly come share just about his experience last Sunday and what God has done. Thanks, Pierre. Uh, just... One thing that you mentioned about the dynamite. A few years ago, uh, I was in the South African Navy, and uh, they tested a very old cannon that was in Simonstown. And the boom was actually so loud that it cracked the windows of many of the houses in the vicinity. So they experienced the power of the boom. <laughs> so, obviously, the Navy had some money to spend then. But uh, what I want to say, and I'm saying this with a disclaimer because my wife's not here, um, but I'm going to be speaking about her. And uh, she's with her dad. Her dad's a bit ill. But we've, we've been married for just over 19 years only, and, but know each other for more than 30. And for me, marriage is an incredible high priority. Um, we've both made incredible sacrifices for our marriage because of the value we place on it. And... He's missing his wife. Yeah. <laughs> Talking to help. Um, so thanks. That, that's, that's me really, interpreting that's the tongue that he was speaking that's there good. in his mind, <laughs> praying to feel better. <laughs> so you know, um, to be honest, the um, yeah, we've like I said, we place a huge amount of value on, on the concept of marriage because we believe it's God ordained, and, and yeah. So, but the last month or two, I've just been feeling a, a real disconnect in our marriage, and it's almost like gears that are not sinking and uh, but like fig, trying to figure this thing out and at moments I'm, I'm like I can feel I'm getting angry about this don't know what it is uh, trying to figure it out and um, you know marriage is normal we have our little moments uh, but it was just it was me getting worse and worse over the last two months and especially last Sunday was a real highlight we both arrived at the church not really wanting to speak to each other. So sorry for those that thought we'd be perfect. I really apologize. You know. And we didn't want to really speak to each other. And even during singing and worship, I had these thoughts, you know, struggling to concentrate. And, but also knowing that I just really sensed that the, God wanted to do something that this morning. And that specific morning. And... Going and listening through the message and, and really sensing something, something's happening inside. It's difficult to explain. I mean, you often hear Christians say something's happening and like, what is it that's happening? And I can't put my finger on it. And then at the end of the conclusion of the service and after that, that you ask people to pray for the gifting or the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit, somebody came and prayed for us and gave us a word of knowledge. 
and also just reaffirmed, <laughs> without knowing what we're really going through, reaffirmed the value of our marriage and it has within the community. Sure. And it's like, <laughs> at that moment, you're like, you know, you crumble and you realize like, sure, that God, is, God, is, God actually sees you. This allowed us, this moment allowed us, when we got home, for an hour and a half, Marlon and I just, we sat home and just spoke and shared our hearts and realized that the disconnect was never really actually between us. It was an internal connect, disconnect that I was experiencing. And she was going through an internal disconnect on her side, but which manifested towards each other. You know, we truly are each other's best friends. And, you know, yeah, so we do, do a lot for each other. And, uh, but God just came and redeemed that moment. But I believe if it wasn't for the working of the Holy Spirit last Sunday morning, somebody willing to step out of their comfort zone and come and pray for us, not knowing what we've been going through, God just come and did a restorative work within our lives. And I'm saying this, I'm vulnerable. Um, you know, I, I quickly sent a message, literally, I was sitting here before church and said, oh yes, I'm just testifying about us. <laughs> I'm going to be sharing something personal. But I just realized the value of when people listen to God, step out in faith, and pray for each other. Because besides my own physical family and my son sitting here, you guys are my family. And this is the only place where I feel safe enough and vulnerable enough to pray for or be prayed on such an intimate level, which makes such a deep um, impact within our lives. Thanks. I love what he's saying, the together unity and prayer. Come on. Can we give God the honor this morning for how he's working? Together unity and pray, conscious power of the Holy Spirit. There it is, guys. But you know what? Eugene said someone prayed for us. I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. You ready for the big reveal? Niels prayed for them, but I want Niels to tell his side of the story of how God worked on his heart that morning. Because I want you to see how the Holy Spirit is involved in all these things because he loves us. We're the bride of Christ. <laughs> and this is just awesome. So, Neil, just tell us your side of the story. We, uh, those of us who were in the service, remember that there was a time where we, where Pierre really prayed that, uh, that the, the, the Spirit was, would fill us and, 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 you know, that's what I found myself. I was at a point where I really seeked the Lord's presence, and it was in worship, and it was in humbleness, um, just, just, just seeking God's will and God's direction. And then there was an awareness in me, uh, an awareness, and I'd say a knowledge that um, I just noticed Eugene and Margot and the family, and it's almost as though I can hardly remember now exactly what was put in my heart, but I just knew that I had to walk over to them and, and, and proclaim something over them. I didn't think about it. It just, it just happened. And, I, and then there's that moment where you've got the awareness, you have the knowledge, and then it's the obedience is really stepping into that. And, and it's almost as though I couldn't wait to walk down and I just... I turned them towards me and I put my arms around them and I, I just said words um, in prayer, in, in obedience, in, in humbleness before God. And if you ask me now, I can hardly repeat what I said to them. Um, and I become very emotional when I do that. I find it difficult to speak. I had to, I had to keep quiet on moments. And, but it was as though God just revealed what I should say to them. And after that, I, could, I, couldn't, I couldn't face them in the, in the real, real world. I just, I just walked out. I was, I was too drained and too emotional to face them. 
But this testimony this morning is a declaration of how God used me just in, in a very vulnerable and, and, and willing space, if I may say that, um, and, 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 and serve the Lord with the fullness of the Spirit. Um, and, and today we find the testimony of that, so I just praise the Lord for that. I want you also to note the simplicity in which power comes. We sometimes think it's got to be this theatrical thing, but it's a simple man who loves Jesus and has a sense for some, someone, and he goes like, I don't know what, but God shows up, gives him a word of knowledge, and he prophesies encouragement over people that were sitting here and like, Lord Jesus, now what? <laughs> One more testimony. I'm going to ask Lotte to come join me. And sharing these testimonies to stir faith in your heart that when we pray, we can be expectant for conscious power in our midst. So I hope that your heart is already stirred because in a moment we'll be praying. Um, but this brave young girl, I only asked her this morning to share a testimony because I wasn't sure whether she was going to be here. They are students at the school here. They are in the res back here and they've been joining our church um, for a while now. And it's awesome. It's great that we've got the kids come and, and join us as well. Uh, what a joy. Um, but the first week that we started speaking about uh, Holy Spirit and His fullness in our lives, Carol was here and she said afterwards, if anyone wants to be prayed for, uh, for the Holy Spirit, but specifically to be speaking in tongues, please come forward. And we prayed for you and please share with us what happened. Uh, good morning, church. Um, I don't know what to say completely, but that first week, um, my sister and I, we, we don't even know how we got to the front of the stage, but that was all glory to God. And when they prayed for us, it was like, for me, the desire and the want of being baptized with the Holy Spirit, God answered me. And it was like, a fire from the bottom of my feet all the way to my head. I just felt so overwhelmed. And just out of the blue, we started speaking in tongues. And for a very long time, or not a long time, but once I got saved, I really wanted to speak in tongues. But I thought, just because I'm too young or just because I'm like a student, how can that be possible? How can God use me? But God showed me in that moment that no matter how old you are, no matter what role you have, God wants to bless you. He wants to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, and he wants you to have those gifts, and that is what God reminded me on that day. Yeah, thank you. Can we just cheer her for her boldness? Thank you. <clears throat> Who's ready to pray? I want to show you this again, and Helena and Kathy, you can come join me. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 to 39. Here's the pattern of Christian walk. Repent, turn to Jesus, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all. There we go, it's for our children. For all. Who are far off, and everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. The promise is for all of us and all of us this morning again and afresh. The promise are for those of us who can't testify that we've had that experience of conscious power of the Holy Spirit. That promise stands today for every one of us. I want to quickly tell you my story. Uh, I gave my heart to the Jesus when I was 13 years old and I walked my road of discipleship studying the Bible, and then in my matric year, my bass guitar coach said, he wants to pray for me for the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm like, I want that. So he prayed for me, and he said, you know what? You might feel something. You might speak in tongues. You might not, but there will be an evidence of God's power, and that moment was so powerful. I just felt the presence of God upon me as he prayed for me. That following week, I got an invitation from the school to do uh, this assembly message out of the blue it's not like kids do it it's just Pia we want you to do a message so I get up there and I preach the gospel to some of my friends that I know are so lost and so far from Jesus 
And it opened up a door for me to lead some of them to Jesus. And the message was about sin. And I said, you can live a sin-free life. And they were all like, oh, that's impossible. We're teenagers. How can you even say that? What I wasn't implying is that you don't ever sin again when you meet Jesus. I was saying you can be set free from the power of sin and darkness because of Jesus. But only later on in my journey with the Lord, later on that year, I felt the Lord lead me to take the next step of obedience. That is to be baptized. Because I haven't been growing up in an environment where I was christened, but I haven't made the conscious decision as the Bible says one should. You repent and then you get baptized. I have never seen a baby repent because a baby doesn't have that knowledge. Please show me where that is in scripture and we can talk about that. But I took that step of faith. Took that step of faith. Got baptized a couple of months later. And I'll, I'll never forget this. It's just so precious to me that God would be so powerfully involved in my life because that day when my, my bass guitar teacher prayed in tongues, I desired to be able to pray like that. And the Bible says desire spiritual gifts, friends. It's good that you desire it. And as I came out of the baptism pool, it literally felt like two hands, physical hands, pulled my two jaw bones apart. And out of my mouth just flowed words that I've never heard before. Isn't that amazing? We've got to see that there's things God wants His church to do. I don't know where you are on the journey, but I do believe that conscious power is for His entire church. And I do believe that this morning, He wants to touch you with His conscious power. He wants to reach into your world, into your life, into your desire. Can I take a minute to talk about the gift of tongues? Because somehow it's become messy for many of us. It's very clear. When the Spirit was poured out, they spoke in different languages. Un understood known languages, right? Because there were people there that could say, oh, it's Afrikaans, oh, it's Klosa, oh, it's this and oh, it's that. So they were given by the Spirit the ability to speak another language that they've never learned before. And I explained to you last week why, and you can go and listen to the why if you missed last week. But then the story continues, and Paul makes it clear that there's other speaking of tongues or unknown languages, the Bible says, unknown languages, which is a gift to be able to speak in a tongue, an unknown language to humankind. But then there's also interpretation of that tongues. At times when we speak an unknown tongue, someone by the Spirit receives the gift to say, ah, that's what it means. Isn't that amazing? And Paul makes it clear when there's a public setting in the church environment and someone speaks in an unknown tongue, we've got to trust God for the gift of the Spirit to interpret such tongue because then it becomes a word of encouragement and prophecy for all of us. But then Paul also says there's another way that we engage with the gift of tongues and that's in praying in the Spirit and praying in tongues. And he says, guys, I do that all the time. Because in that place of personal prayer, there's a personal edification and a personal uplifting of your spirit. This week on Thursday morning when I prayed, I have not felt much. I was sitting with the Bible open and then for a moment like, Lord, just help me. And I closed my eyes and I just prayed in my tongues. And then one after the other, the Lord started speaking to me about what he wants to do. Let me do some passages. And he spoke to me that morning. He's got that for all of us. So we try and be so like clear like what does it mean and where does it fit and like I've got to fully understand it but the word is clear on how this works I really believe this morning that some of you have been desiring the gift of tongues but your head has got a little bit in the way because you didn't quite understand how the different ways of it works but then scripture says there's a whole lot of gifts that we can desire so what I'm going to do is we're going to start with pray Eliana is just going to sing a part of the song that we ended off this morning as a prayer. And if you want to sing this along, join her in. Let's start where I said we should start. It's in constant prayer. Say, Spirit of God, I want to be filled with new wine. Remember what I said last week? When these people were going around and they were speaking in tongues, what did the people say? The unbelievers said, ah, they're filled with what? New wine. They were declaring the truth of God even as unbelievers because it was such a confident truth. Because Jesus said, when my 
church is birthed, it'll be like new wine. Maybe you want to just say, Lord, make me a vessel. I want to be a vessel. Like the testimonies I heard this morning, someone who your power can be within and upon and to live it out in this world. So can we pray before we do anything else? And once we've prayed and we are in the atmosphere of prayer, then we will be praying for you. And I'll explain that when we get there. So let's take a few minutes. Close your eyes. If you need to disconnect from those around you and only connect with God, please do that. Your husband, your wife, your family member won't get offended if you just create a bit of space. This is a God moment. And let's take the words of this song as personal prayer. You can stand, you can kneel, you can sit however you want to. But let's pray together this morning.
Some of you might have already felt just a sense of His power. Maybe you've had a word, an insight. Maybe you've prayed something specific. If anyone want to witness to that, just put up your hand and say, yeah, God spoke to me now. Something happened. Thank you. Anyone else? It's amazing. God's at work. But I want to take a next step. I want to pray for those who desires the true conscious power of God. Maybe you are like those Ephesians or those people in Samaria that you, you, there hasn't been that conscious, that power, that dunamis, the boom, the, the, the sense that God's power is upon me. The Spirit has empowered me fully. How we want to do this is, again, I want to go to the pattern of Scripture. We're going to do it through the laying on of hands. We're going to be praying for you and lay hands on you and trust God this morning for that conscious power, not a subconscious, like John Piper said, not just a head knowledge, but something that takes place, the power of God in, my mid, in, in our midst. And just quickly, we see the pattern in Acts chapter 8. When they went to Samaria, it says they, they heard that they have not received the word of God. They sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Acts 9. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you, and he said, be filled with the Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes. Acts 19. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they became become speaking in tongues and prophesying. I want you to see something here. Not just the apostles, but also the disciple Ananias laid hands and something happened. So it's not that Pierre has to lay hands because I'm just so chosen by the Lord to lead this community in this season through this time. No, it's nothing special on me. <laughs> it's the Spirit of God and His people. And I've actually asked some people to be ready to lay hands on people this morning. But I look across the room and there's a few others that I know that you can do it. So if you know how to lay hands on people and trust for the power of Spirit, do that. Join in this morning. But I want to ask. And you know what? This is, this is awesome. You might have had this before, but your spirit is saying this morning, I want the new wine that God has for me. I desire spiritual gifts. No one is going to look at you and say, ooh, only now. No, you might be like Acts chapter 4 where you've received the spirit, but you're saying, God, again, come and give me what I need to be your witness in this world. So if you are hungry after conscious power of the spirit in your, your life this morning, I want you to stand to your feet quickly. Get up. Get up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are going to work in the life of your church this morning. Can I ask people to move around and start praying for those who are standing? If you want to pray for others, but you're standing for yourself first, that's great. Keep standing. Can the rest of us pray? Remember, we are in an atmosphere of prayer. And because of the prayer of the saints, we will see the conscious power of God in our midst. The team is going to continue playing, but let's pray for one another this morning. All right, keep standing until someone prays for you. Some of you are standing to pray. Some of you are standing to receive prayer. If you need prayer, just put your hand up and we'll come so that we can know where we can go and pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And keep your hand up. And if you see someone passing by that can pray for you, ask them to pray with you. Thank you, Lord.
We are still praying for people. If anyone else still wants prayer, just keep standing until someone is with you. Anyone else? Cool. Uh, let's give it a couple of more minutes while we're still praying. of conscious power this morning just put up your hands just a little bit higher I want to see that <laughs> you might have just felt some emotion the spirit of God speaking to you personally if that's you put up your hand see when we pray when we trust when we know the word of God is, to tr is true and we we function like this guys the conscious power of God is in our midst and you know what it doesn't end when I say amen this morning we get to take it out there and then we get to share it with one another and with our world this week. I want you, if there's testimony from this morning, maybe into this week you get to see one of the gifts in your life for the first time. Let us know. We want to be telling these stories and, and see how God is working in our midst. But I want to pray one last prayer of commission for all of us. Can, can we all stand in our final moment together this morning? Thank you, Jesus, that when I look across this room, I see vessels of honor who's ready to carry the new wine of the kingdom. And I pray, Father, that you would awaken in us a constant desire to be vessels of honor for your use, Father, for good use in your kingdom, Father. Come and fill us, not just today and in this moment, but tomorrow and throughout this week with the fullness of of your spirit, Lord. Let those desires in our hearts increase for the work of your spirit in our lives. Let the gifts increase, Lord. Come and gift as you will upon your church. All the gifts, Lord, may we see it function in our body, Lord. If you are speaking to some this morning, Lord, it needs to be baptized physically, Lord. I pray that there would be the boldness to say yes. I know that that's what you want me to do, Jesus, and we'll do that. If you are speaking to anyone in this room this morning, Lord, that knows that they've got to ask for more prayer for the Holy Spirit, just like the people sinned and said, come and pray for us. We want the Spirit. Lord, let us do that this week, Father. And we're waiting in expectation for the testimony of your kingdom this week as your church takes this new wine to the world out there, Father. I pray, Lord, that more would come of you in this week as we seek you 
through reading your word, through the power of your spirit. So bless us, Father, constantly with this promise of the Father, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, continue to lead us in all truth. You are the one we're following. And thank you that we can follow you together. And Spirit of God, come empower your people afresh in the name of Jesus Christ. And we all say, Amen. If you still need prayer, please come forward. We'd love to pray with you. For the rest of us, have an awesome, awesome week. We'll see you again next week. And remember to register for Experiencing Victory. If the Spirit of God has been nudging on your heart to say, I've got to be there, uh, we'll see you there. Awesome. Thanks, guys.